We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, it is now official. We have a Supreme Court Justice nominee, Katanji Brown Jackson, who openly admitted that she cannot, quote, provide the definition of a woman. We'll talk about this and more on today's rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate the loyalty of all of you who are routine listeners on radio at KOKL, as well as on the podcast version that's out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening to it individually and also for copying and pasting links of the rebellion on your social media. Also, thanks to those of you who have gone to my website, dreverpiper.com, and purchased copies of my books, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, as well as the sequel, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And then I have my preceding book that was published, oh, I believe it was 2008, if I remember correctly, and that's the one that's titled, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. And frankly, the pretext for that book, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas, is proving itself in spades on a daily basis. In that book, I argued for the definition of words. I suggested that the word liberal had been co-opted and dumbed down to being essentially meaningless. Because in its original context, liberal meant someone who believed in liberty, thus the word liberal. Liberty, liberal, same etymology, same origin, meant the same thing. So a classical liberal was somebody who believed, for example, in a liberal arts education, an education in liberty, an education for a free man, a free woman, a free culture, a free society, a free country, a free church, free people. I argued in that book that when you get rid of the concept of truth with a capital T. And when truth doesn't exist anymore to define our terms, that we essentially return to the Old Testament times of the Tower of Babel, and that we can't even communicate effectively and meaningfully with each other any longer. Uh, Let's just take a couple examples that I've mentioned over the course of the show in the last several months. Green. Green used to be a color, and now it's a political agenda. If you're green, you believe in global warming, climate change, and you believe in all of the financial manipulation that will control, essentially, our every move and every product we purchase. You believe that elevated inflation, for example, that we're suffering right now because uh, we're going to shut down our oil supply and make ourselves dependent upon our enemies for our energy. You believe that's a good thing because of your green ideology. If you're green, you believe that people are the problem, 
that it's anthropomorphic global warming, meaning that it's man-caused. It's not the result of the sunspots or anything like that. No, we're causing all the problems, and therefore decreasing the human population is a priority for you. Bill Gates is green. Anthony Fauci is green. AOC is green. And all of these people believe that there are too many people in the world, and therefore the world is going to die if we don't decrease the human population dramatically. I've talked to you before about Eric Pianca, a professor at the University of Texas, who has actually argued at an awards ceremony where he was being honored as the scientist of the year in Texas. He argued that there was a need to decrease the human population by over 90%. I'll say that again, 90%. Because if we don't do that and do it immediately, the earth is going to die. Now, one has to ask the obvious question. If you're going to decrease the human population by 90%, that, mean, that means excuse me, that 9 out of 10 people need to go away. They need to die. Now, you have to wonder, does Dr. Pianca, does Bill Gates, does Dr. Fauci, does AOC, do any of these people think that they should be in the 90% that needs to be eliminated, or do they all believe they're in the ruling class, the elites, the smart folks who should be preserved. You know, see, when you lose the definition of your words, when green becomes a political agenda, when it becomes an ideology, when it becomes a religion rather than a color, it's important to note this because you can't communicate really very effectively any longer by talking about green because you don't know what it means. Is it the color of money? Is it the color of grass? Is it the color of leaves? Is it the color of a uniform? Or is it a religion, a political agenda that could result in great suffering for millions and millions of people at the hands of those in authority who are going to wield this idea of greenness to their advantage? Another word that's been dumbed down to the point of being meaningless is the word gay. Gay used to mean happiness and joy. And now I guess it means sexual license or sexual licentiousness. What else can we conclude? Because if you're gay, then you believe that sexual liberty, sexual libertinism, doing whatever you want sexually is more important than the happiness of society or the happiness the purpose of all of those people around you. So it's not joy any longer. It's personal autonomy and the right to define yourself by your desires, that a person isn't really anything more than the sum total of his passions. As I've said a thousand times over on the show, gay today means that you've dumbed down the definition of the human being to nothing but the sum total of his inclinations. Your identity equals your inclinations, and your inclinations equal your identity. You're not defined by your Lord, your Maker, your God any longer. You're defined by your libido. That's apparently what gay means. Another word, pride. Pride used to be one of the seven deadly sins, and now we've got an entire month to celebrate it. Now it's a good thing rather than a bad thing. It's a virtue rather than a vice. So you can see my point. Hopefully you can see my point. And that is we've lost the definition of words. We've lost the definition of the word liberal, gay, green, 
words have become essentially meaningless to us because they're now subjective rather than objective. They float, they move. And when things are constantly shifting, when definitions aren't stable, our constitution, our declaration of independence, our seminal documents, even our Bibles don't really mean much any longer other than what we decide they mean in any given moment. And in the confirmation hearings for our Supreme Court nominee, Miss Brown Jackson, she's actually admitted that there's another word that means nothing. It means nothing because she was asked if she could provide a definition to the word woman. And she said, no, I cannot. Let's take a break. And when I get back, I'm going to play an audio clip of an exchange between Ms. Brown Jackson, the nominee to the Supreme Court, and Marsha Blackburn, Republican senator from Tennessee. I want you to listen to the entire thing. And in doing so, your jaw should drop. You should be stunned. If you're the father of any daughter, you should be angry. You should be outraged. If you believe in women's sports, you should hang your head. If you believe that women's rights are important, if you believe that the history of suffrage is a great thing, that movement actually was progress in the right direction because it brought dignity and equality to women. If you believe any of this stuff, if you believe in Title IX, if you believe in classical feminism, that the female should be defended and that she shouldn't be treated just as chattel and an inferior inferior person and not even have the right to vote. If you believe in all of this progress, the dignity of women, the identity of women, the rights for women, if you believe in any of this, then you should be outraged. You should be outraged because you're about to have a Supreme Court justice who can't tell you what a woman is, and she just admitted it in the confirmation hearing. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, I, I've set up this uh, audio that I'm going to play for you right now by reviewing the importance of the definition of words and reminding you that our words have lost their objective meaning. Simple words like gay and green, liberal, conservative, right and left, up and down. Marriage, we don't even know what marriage is any longer. It used to be a sacrament of the church. We knew that when someone was married, it was a union between a man and a woman. And then in 2018, our Supreme Court, by virtue of the Obergefell decision, told us that that's not true. We've decided that marriage means something totally different than what it's meant for the last, oh, let's say, couple thousand years at least. And all of a sudden, the floodgates opened. And all of this subjective identity, LGBTQIA, SJWBLM, CRT, alphabet nonsense, started flooding into our schools, into our Congress, into our courts, into our communities, and even into our churches. And now we have this confirmation hearing of Katanji Brown Jackson, Joe Biden's nominee to the Supreme Court of the United States. This is stunning, what I'm going to play for you right now. 
You may have heard it on other shows, but you need to listen to it and listen to it very, very carefully. Barring a miracle of God, this woman will sit on the highest court of the land. She will be part and parcel of the group of nine people in black robes who are going to decide very critical things for our country. Supposedly, they're there. They are there to defend the Constitution. But how can you defend something if its words mean nothing? If its words keep shifting to the left and to the right and up and down, if the words of our Constitution cannot be well-defined, if those definitions are not immutable, unchangeable, enduring, and just true, then what good is the Constitution and what good is law? And I'm not exaggerating the problem here, because if you can't define the word woman, how in the world would you define anything else, any other words, such as life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness? Words such as we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Do those words mean anything? And if so, what definition would you provide, Judge Brown Jackson? Listen to this audio, an exchange between Senator Marsha Blackburn and Supreme Court nominee, Judge Katanje Brown Jackson. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? United States versus Virginia, the Supreme Court struck down VMI's male-only admission policy. Writing for the majority, Justice Ginsburg stated, supposed inherent differences are no longer accepted as a ground for race or national origin classifications. Physical differences between men and women, however, are enduring. The two sexes are not fungible. A community made up exclusively of one sex is different from a community composed of both. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator, respectfully, I... I'm not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me to okay, comment but, as to whether. All right, or not. I'd love to get your your opinion on on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Uh, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the law, and I decide. So I'm not... The fact that you 
can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and could come to the court. So I'm And able to I think it tells our girls that their voices don't matter. I think it tells them that they're second-class citizens, and parents want to have a Supreme Court justice who is committed to preserving parental autonomy and protecting our nation's children. So there you have it. I wanted to take the time to play that entire clip with you, that entire exchange. And if you go out and just Google it, uh, Google Senator Marsha Blackburn confirmation hearings for Judge Katanje Brown-Jackson, You'll be able to watch that entire clip, that entire exchange. You'll be able to see the body language of Judge Brown Jackson as she was responding to Marsha Blackburn. You can see the irritation. You can see the smug smile. You can see the shifting, the scratching of the head. The body language is all telling, as well as the oral response, which is stunning. Like I said, your jaw should drop. A Supreme Court justice nominee who is being nominated explicitly by the President of the United States because she is a black woman. She is being nominated because she's a woman. She's being asked in the confirmation hearing if she can provide a definition to the word woman. And she says, I cannot. <laughs> Marsha Blackburn says, you cannot? And Judge Brown Jackson says, no. What in the world are you talking about? As you heard, the exchange goes on. Marsha Blackburn pushes back a little bit, asks the question again, actually cites a quotation by Ruth Bader Ginsburg where she even said that the differences between men and women, the ontological realities, the physiological realities, the reality of genetics and DNA, all of these things that distinguish a man from a woman, a man from a woman, are non-fungible. That's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Marsha Blackburn asks Judge Brown Jackson, if she agrees with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Judge Brown Jackson says she doesn't know. She doesn't understand the context of that particular quote and that particular case. You have a nominee to the Supreme Court that just told you that she cannot provide a definition 
for the word woman. She said that. This is not hyperbole. I'm not making it up. You heard the recording. She cannot provide a definition for the word woman, which by definition means she can't even tell you if she is a woman or not. The very reason that Joe Biden nominated her, because she's a woman, this nominee can't tell you whether or not she's a woman. She can't provide a definition for the word. And therefore, how could she possibly sit on the Supreme Court and make any judgments in favor of a woman, defending a woman, if she can't provide a definition for a woman? These are questions that you should be asking yourself right now. You should be calling your senators and saying, do not confirm this person, this woman. You should be calling your senator and telling him or her that you can define a woman. You you know what the word means. You should be pointing out the fact that you don't have to be a biologist to define a woman, to provide a definition for the word woman. My land, I'm not a veterinarian either, but I know what a dog is. I mean, a five-year-old can tell you what a woman is or isn't. Children understand the difference between boys and girls. They understand the difference between men and women. They agree with Ruth Bader Ginsburg that the distinctions between the sexes are non-fungible, to use Ginsburg's own word. But Judge Brown Jackson says no. I cannot provide a definition for the word woman. Well, if she can't provide a definition for that, then can she provide a definition for the word man? What does she say to the quote of William Wilberforce when he was arguing for the abolition of slavery by pointing out the fact that a black person is indeed a man? Remember, I've told you about the coins that he had minted, that he handed out through all of Great Britain. The coin had the image of a black man in chains, held in slavery bondage, with the inscription, Am I not a man? Well, if you can't provide the definition of the word man, Judge Brown Jackson, and you can't provide the definition of the word woman, Judge Brown Jackson, then how in the world would you hear a case for the abolition of slavery because it was predicated on the assumption that you can define a human being, a man and a woman? And here's a more important question. I don't know if it's more important. It's just as important. Arguably, arguably it is more important because it's about the innocence of children. If you can't define a woman and you can't define a man, how in the world can you define what a child is or isn't. Because you know the definition of children is a little bit more subjective, isn't it, than the definition of a woman or a man, male and a female. Because the definition of child has always assumed the concept of age. And is a 10-year-old a child? All of us would probably say yes. How about a 12-year-old? Is that person, is that human being still A child. How about a 13-year-old? How about a 14-year-old? How about a 15-year-old? I think you get my point here. 
If you've got a judge on the Supreme Court that refuses to give you the definition of something as objective and as clear as a woman, then how in the world is that same person going to define the concept, the idea, the word child? If a woman can't be well-defined any longer, then surely children likewise are going to be poorly defined. And now we're into the territory of defending the rights of children. If you've got a child that has been subject to sexual abuse and the legal issue in play is consent or not, if you can't tell me what a child is, then you're going to start arguing that that person may not be a child and may be mature enough may have achieved the status of adulthood enough to consent to a sexual relationship with somebody a lot older than them, right? Right? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Here's the bottom line, and here's the end of the story. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is a woman. She's a female. She's a person. All of, those, all of those words, woman, female, person, have objective definitions and understandings. But yet, in her confirmation hearing, she's denying the objectivity, the reality of those definitions. We have courts of law for a purpose. Human beings have courts of law. Animals do not. The last time I drove through the ranches here in Oklahoma, I didn't see any of the cows getting together to discuss justice and law and words and meanings. I I didn't see that happening. I didn't see any disagreement over definitions. Uh, They don't do that. Cows don't do that. There's a reason. They're animals. They're not human beings. They don't understand. They don't care about law or justice or rights. They don't care about the dignity of anything. They don't care about the definition or the identity of anything. They're governed by their gut, by their bellies, by their libidos, if you will. Human beings are different because we do understand that we communicate with words and reason and logic. We are rational. And we do understand the definition of the words we use to communicate with one another. Otherwise, we couldn't disagree. We couldn't even ask questions of one another, like Marsha Blackburn, asking this question of, can you provide me a definition of the word woman to Judge Brown Jackson? And the judge's refusal to answer that question is a guttural, it's a guttural refusal because it ventures into the territory of the animal. This animalistic response is not a healthy one for our culture. And it certainly is not good for women if you have a justice who's telling you, I can't even give you a definition for who you are. Therefore, you have no rights. Stop and think about that. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.